KRCL Salt Lake City. This is Radioactive, a show for the local and global community builder. I'm Laura Jones, and joining me tonight as community co-host is Brian Higgins of Create Real Change. Thanks for coming in. Well, it's wonderful to be here. You know, you've been working on helping folks work through issues, work through life with images, film, stories, comedy, and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to showcase some creativity. Yep, certainly. It's all about uh, creating community through creative communication. So we got a filmmaker, we got a comedian, and we've got a musician on the way this hour. And what do you think creativity's connection is to well-being? Uh, well, it's just finding ways to express ourselves because the beauty about being creatively expressive, you know, it can transfer our emotions and make people actually feel what we're feeling so much better than, you know, just in the average day-to-day communication. Maybe we can identify with each other and not be so polarized like we are right now in this yep, country. Certainly. But first, we're going to get to the creativity playlist here, Brian, and you chose a Jackie Wilson tune. Why'd you do that? Well, if I could dance like Jackie Wilson, <laughs> you know, I could I could dance peace throughout the world. There you go. Peace throughout the world through dance and Jackie Wilson. Indeed. And we're going to go higher and higher here on KRCL. through some hard times in your life and you've used uh, semiotics is how you refer to it but film yep. in particular to help work through those issues in your life mm-hmm. yeah uh, I think you can probably tell by my accent that I'm not actually from Utah you know, I'm from I'm from Northern Ireland I've been in the States for 13 years six years Boston seven years in Salt Lake and uh, you know I, I have I've had issues with post-traumatic stress conflict-based post-traumatic stress addiction homelessness all that jazz uh, and, you know, I, I was going down the wrong pathway and then I, you know, I turned it around by starting to make films about my story and, and just found it was it was a lot more beneficial for myself to turn my, my triggers and my my issues into beneficial forms of communication for others. So. And why film do you think worked for you? Well, I think, you know, we're all used to going to the cinema, you know, and we can go to see an action film and we can punch the air when there's a car chase or we can go and see a romantic comedy and we're going to cry because we're emotionally attached to the characters. And film has got a great way of pulling you in within minutes or even seconds because they have to, you know. You have to identify with these characters. And I just thought it was incredible that, that you can do that and you can genuinely cry or feel so sad when whatever, even if a dog or like a, a, an animated bunch of pixels, you know, do something. But in real life, we, we can't connect with people. You know, it takes years and years and years to, to uh, you know, to bond. And you, only, you know, Pokemon Go is going to change all that, right? <laughs> uh, to an extent, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because um, all this power we have in our phones to make moving pictures, in essence, mm-hmm. um, it's become more and more 
accessible to the average person to express themselves through film. Yeah. And you've been doing that with a lot of your film festivals. Yeah, I do. I, I run uh, four different film festivals throughout Salt Lake. It goes up and down. Sometimes I do six, sometimes I do three, sometimes I do whatever. But at the moment, it's four. You say it like it's really easy to throw together. Well, you know, the, my secret is when I started them, I was very, very drunk. <laughs> and uh, I can't Going remember. Going back to your issues too, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I am sober now, but I, I you know, and... I think now, if I thought about doing something, I wouldn't have the the tenacity to get it off the ground. So I, I'm pretty thankful that <laughs> that uh, drunk me, you know, did it all. I, I I came up with a thing last week that I'm really annoyed with my dad that he didn't become a CEO, so <laughs> of a big national company, so yeah. that I could become a trust fund baby. And and then also I'm really annoyed that my older brother didn't become. You know, a great actor, so that I could become a ba a worse actor, <laughs> but still riding his coattails. But I should be thankful that that my older self, my older drunk me, you know, yeah. went out and created all these things that I could just sort of swing on in and keep them going. <laughs> so creativity, you know, I think about um, artists through the ages, and a, a lot of what fuels creativity is that internal misery or or problems that are going on and you need to express it and like when you look at comedians mm -hmm. we're gonna have a comedian on later yep um in particular robin williams exactly and the issues that so clearly at play in his life and as well as substance abuse issues mm -hmm. yeah well there's a lot of uh, in comedy what they say you know um misery loves company and comedy. But I say misery loves comedy, <laughs> you know? But it is a way because a lot of people that have experienced deep down depression, that the yeah. reason that they go into comedy is because they don't want, and that's a Robin Williams quote, you know, that they don't want anyone else to feel as sad as they do. And the difficulty with comedy is because it is such a, you know, a lonely road. You know, you're up there on the stage by yourself. Whereas if you're in a band, you know, you've got your guitarist, you've got the singer, you've got the drummer that can all be connected together. But if you're out on the road as a comedian, you know, it's just you, just you and the audience. And um, and then you have nothing else but to go back to the hotel room and the minibar. Yeah, you know, I, I did music a lot in another life. And part of that drive to do it was to find some moments where you weren't feeling whatever it is you're feeling. Yeah. Without going into my own therapy session. Mm -hmm. So much comedy feels like therapy when you go to a, a show these days. Yeah, well, I find it's not therapy, but it's therapeutic. There you go. You know, and um, like that's certainly why I went into comedy. And originally when I started comedy, uh, whatever years ago, my my content was just about how, my silly accent, yeah. you know, and uh, and potatoes. But, you know, as I've, as I've grown into myself, you know, I I use my own personal stories and I use comedy to, to break down the stigma for mental health. A lot of my content and a lot of my material is all based on my own depression and my own struggles in life. But... You know, if I can stand up there in the spotlight and talk about it, you know, hopefully somebody in the audience can can uh, relate to it. You know, and I'm not laughing at people. You know, I'm just laughing at situations. You know, that's how we met, actually. I saw you on stage at The Bee, Juliana mm -hmm. Serena's uh, lovingly competitive storytelling events. Uh, and it's really interesting to watch different folks. And they're, it's all folks from around town. I, I don't think I've met someone on the stage at the B yet, who's like, I'm just passing through and thought I'd pop yeah. in and see if I could tell a story. Yeah. And, and that's what's so compelling about these storytelling events, whether it's the B or the Moth, which uh, the B pays homage to. But um, this this need to, to tell stories and to have your story heard 
is it particularly of this moment? I mean, storytelling's been going on forever, but when you couple it with the, the, the film that's going on that the average person can, can create, it's like this need to be seen and acknowledged in your community. Well, I think we can go way back to the early days when the... I'm talking cave paintings uh, yeah, and yeah, when, stand up around the cave fire. Exactly. And, just and you know, it was just about the, the village elders that would, that would pass on their experience. And I think people would come and, and listen to the story so they could, you know, work out what was going on in their own life. You know, because there wasn't therapy back in the days. You know, you would go to the elder or the the shaman, whatever, and and it was basically through storytelling and creating these, you know, myths and and uh, legends. You know, and and you can put yourself in that position and know, okay, well, I'm I am basically King Arthur in this story, and I have to go and pull Excalibur out of this rock. You know. Yeah, I think there's another take on uh, King Arthur coming up at the theater too in the next year. Yes, uh, people have been texting me all day about it, and I've been trying to say no, no. You want to see King Kong instead? Oh, that's coming too. <laughs> yeah, I went and saw. What did I? I went on the big movie ride this weekend and saw the new Star Trek. Yeah, did you uh, like it? Uh, I pay my money, I get on the ride, I have a good time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff gets blown up. Yep, which is mostly what. Uh, film is these days movies the, these days well the interesting thing was the previews prior to that it was the same movie but with different male stars it was vin diesel it was tom cruise and i can't remember oh and then matt damon yeah it was the same movie just mm-hmm. three different star vehicles yep so i like you know i like the big blockbuster and i like the small independent art movie too yeah. okay we're gonna be talking about this with some folks from your most recent uh showcase you You've been doing showcases of creativity on and off for a couple of years, but you started to get serious this year. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've sort of been toying with with my program, Create Real Change, and, and sort of trying to work out, you know, should I keep going for it? Should I just go for it by myself, or should I keep doing it for for everyone else? And you know, I've come to the conclusion that I should keep doing it for everyone else. And uh, so I have started a, a live showcase where people that that I have found in the community that are sort of expressing themselves in different ways that I that I sort of look up to and it gives them an opportunity all to get together. And, you know, I'm hoping to create this new creative community and, and bring together a lot of different forms. Like as we say tonight, we've got comedy and we've got music and we've got film. It's a bit ecumenical in the way you're doing it as well. It's not like these are the top film people. It's, it's, it's how creativity is percolating up in mm-hmm. the community. It's uh, some folks are in progress and, uh, and, for instance, the comedian that you have this hour has just been doing it for 18 months. Yep. And just turned 21 and able to get into the comedy clubs. Yeah. Yep. And then we're also going to have uh, Ben Brinton, if he finds the studios later this hour, musician. And then we're also going to start with our filmmaker next. Cool. And we'll introduce him after this. Let's get back to your your creativity playlist for the night, though. You wanted to go a little old school, a little ELO. Yeah. Well, you know, if you haven't heard this song... Well, everyone loves the song, and if you haven't heard it, you will love it. I think it's one of the most happiest, you know, just just most beautiful songs. Because everyone can use more blue skies in their life. Mr. Blue Sky, ELO on KRCL. On the street 
special community co-host. And we're talking creativity. Uh, Brian's brought in some folks from his most recent creativity showcase, and that's over at Even Stevens, right? Yep, uh, the downtown location of Even Stevens have been very kind to us to let us use their space on on Tuesday nights. And we'll uh, moving forward try and get everybody in here before the next uh, creativity showcase and give everyone a heads up so they can participate. But right now you're bringing in a filmmaker. Why don't you introduce? The filmmaker for us, Brian. Yep. Um, well, I have a very talented young filmmaker here, David Scorrett. Um, we met two years ago, I believe, at one of my film festivals. So one of my major film festivals that I do in Salt Lake is the 48-Hour Film Project, which is an international filmmaking competition where people make films in 48 hours. You know, they pick a genre out of the hat, so it can be action, adventure, comedy, drama, western, musical, etc. And then I give them a character, a line of dialogue, and a prop. Then you have 48 hours to go off and make that film. Just go. Make it happen. Yep. Yep. And... Um, you know, David, first of all, last year we made a very impressive film that, that caught my eye. Um, unfortunately, you didn't win last year, but uh, you did. You won a couple of awards last year, didn't you? Yeah, we won a, an acting award yeah, last year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, but then this year, you know, you came back, uh, weren't too scared to do it again. and, yeah, and came back with a vengeance. Yep. And so, came in and, yeah. and you won, you know, the whole thing, which was pretty impressive. Um you know, and do you want to play the trailer now? So we sure, can... set up this trailer that we have for folks here, uh, David. What was the film called? What's it about? And kind of tease what people hear. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, the film is called Remembered, and uh, it's a very intense topic that's kind of really relevant today. It's about uh, mass shootings and actually uh, two high schoolers who try to plan a mass shooting. Um, and for reasons which they you know have agendas, they want to project to a national scale and it seems like nowadays if you have an agenda, that's the way to do it. And the film is kind of the, the purpose is to show that society shouldn't react in a way that allows these people to get their agendas out there. All right, here's the clip. It's adult content for mature audiences. Eric is such a great student. He can do anything if he puts his mind to it. I'm so tired of high school. I'm just a damn nobody. Whoa, calm down. We, we talked about this. I thought you were kidding. Stop, please. You know there's no coming back from this, right? Everything they've done to you is wrong. Think about Peter, all the crap he's put you through every day. They don't care about you. You're nobody. You have to do this. You have to do this. Don't you want to be somebody? Don't you want people to know who you are? Don't you want to do something that, that, that matters? Curtis, Curtis, you need to do this for me. You need to carry this out. Just promise me. Just tell me you'll do it. He'll go on to change the world someday. Remembered the trailer by our guest and filmmaker, David Scorett, in studio with Brian Higgins from Create Real Change. Pretty meaty subject yes. that a lot of folks, um, even this many years post-Columbine, but certainly given the current uh, news cycle with mass shootings, people are, are a bit leery of this kind of kind of content. So why did you want to tackle that, David, as a filmmaker? Well, actually, you know, this summer... We, we weren't necessarily inspired by a lot of the events that occurred this summer. Uh, when we actually created the film, uh, there had been the UCLA shooting just a week before. And actually the weekend after would be the weekend Orlando would occur, the worst shooting in U.S. history, mass shooting. Um, and I just feel like we needed like a, a serious topic to tackle, um, you know. Um, as young filmmakers, it's hard to not be taken seriously, I feel like. Um, and so you kind of got to go grab the bull by the horns, I feel like. And so um, that's kind of just the, the, the topic we landed at when we got our topic of drama. Well, so. and when you look at uh, the the real-life people who are perpetrating these mass shootings, it's it's young young white males, largely. Mm -hmm. And 
it seems like maybe you felt you had something you could get inside of. Yeah, and I, I don't think the message necessarily was to show, you know, a day in the life of what these people are doing. I, I think it was to show that the way that the people who are not actually affiliated with these shootings, the way that we as a society react needs to change. And that was kind of the, the message that we were trying to portray throughout the film. So. so, Brian, when you look at these kind of meaty issues with more and more film as part of our social commentary these days, there's a real role for filmmakers to play. No, definitely, and that's what I what really resonated with me with with David's work. Because um, again, from being from Europe, and when I go to international festivals, because the beauty of the Forty Eight R is, if you win Salt Lake, you go up against all the other cities in the world. You know, so you're up against all the other American cities like uh, New York, Boston, uh, Denver, uh, L.A., uh, etc. But you're also up against, you know, the European countries and the African countries. You know, where other uh, places use film as their voice. You know, I find that uh, America, again, fair play, lots of superhero films, like we would talk about Star Trek and everything. And you can say, yes, there's a voice. Fantasy is huge right now because yeah. people are avoiding reality. Exactly. But you can and but you can read into that and say, well, what they're really trying to say, you know? And so if we look at the greatest decade of cinema for myself, which was the 70s, where we weren't making, you know, analogies and like sort of touching on things, they were genuinely telling, you know, genuine stories you know, uh, that needed to be told at that time and in, in, in day. So so what I'm excited for with, with bringing the Salt Lake City winner to the rest of the world in March, and we're going to be screening it in uh, at the Chinese Theatre on, on uh, Hollywood Boulevard in March uh, up against the rest of the world. And, you know, I'm genuinely proud that, that, that Salt Lake can, can offer something that, on, that on, the, on the world scale people will be able to resonate with because it does have a genuine voice. And for being such a young filmmaker, I just think it's incredible. Especially because last year, the, the film that you did last year was all about racism, you know, mm. and I, I just think, you know, you're certainly an old soul and a, and a young body, so. You're not doing rom-coms, it sounds like, David. <laughs> no, no, not really, no. Well, you could turn us all on the head next year and come in with a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the plan, that's the plan. So. <laughs> so, this, the, you, so you're still taking this film to competition in March of 2017? Yes. And so, any chance to see this film before? Unfortunately, that? unfortunately, got to keep it under wraps. Not right now, but you can see last year's film. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to be screening, um, programming the Helper Arts Festival that's going to be on the nineteenth and twentieth of August. So, if you want to bounce on down to to Helper support the local art scene, you will see, you know, the the best films that have come through my festivals in the in the past few years. So, for our listeners, I, I'd love to just talk a bit about process, David, and how you get into making films and. Mm -hmm. You know, you see these gigantic blockbusters and the gigantic budgets that go with them. And then I see the iPhone commercials, make your movie on this phone. Tell yeah. us about what your your tools, your access to funding, how that is working for you as a, a young filmmaker. Um, you know, I think it's changed a lot in the last, you know, 50 or so years, especially, I mean, even just the 21st century now that tools are so inexpensive. Um, pretty much anyone can become a filmmaker, you know, starting with the basics of maybe just having a cell phone. Um, my process, I've always been kind of a one-man band since I was younger, and luckily, like, as I grew up in middle school, high school, and now college, you know, I, I luckily have some colleagues that can come help me out. It always helps having a crew. and Yeah, making a, nice a film cast. is all about teamwork. Yeah, exactly, and it's just this huge collaboration of people with different art forms, different mediums coming together in this crossroads, this kind of, like, epicenter where you can create this work of art that kind of features you know every medium in different ways and works together to push one singular message so I, that's just one thing i love so much about filmmaking and it, you don't have to be rich necessarily you know mm -hmm. i think 
that certainly helps and that's the outcome a lot of people desire but so big question yeah. you got your hollywood budget what kind of film would you be making ooh that's a good question you know i i'm i'm not quite sure um i i'd like a hollywood budget that's for sure but i wouldn't like to work in hollywood per se um, Give me know. the money, but go away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I admire independent work. You know, I feel like creative control is really nice to have, and that's something in Hollywood you kind of give a little bit away of. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I would want to tackle serious subjects still, you know, and not necessarily serious films all the time, but um, something that people can really get a strong message out of. So. so where can people catch up with you, follow your work online? I guess you could just Google my name, David Scorut, S-K-O-R-U-T. You could look up my uh, YouTube channel with my other buddies, Han Cockrell Scorut Productions. Uh, we have our film from last year, The 48, as well as some other documentaries where we've worked on and some other okay. films. So yeah. We'll put the links up, but when are you getting your own IMDb page? Do you have that Ooh, yet? I'll do that right when I get home. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to talk uh, creativity and comedy with Amara Ames. But first, a little Natalie Dawn long-running joke on KRCL. It's a long-running joke and I'm sorry I'd croak if I lied. If I lied, we'd all just keep smiling the same. suits and you're all in cahoots but who cares silent prayers won't keep you from going and the create real change showcase happens monthly right brian yep the uh the live showcase is the second tuesday of every month up at uh, even stevens and then we have um no actually i'm telling lies i'm a barefaced liar sorry the uh Hopefully this show is the second Tuesday of every month, and then the live showcase is the third Tuesday of the month, and then the the workshop, if you want to come and learn to make a film, you know, express yourself, that's the fourth Tuesday of every month, and then we'll, we screen them in the Broadway at the Film Society. So folks can come to the live showcase. You can also tune in here. Brian will be back every month with a creativity showcase on KRCL. And you wanted to say a, a shout-out. Someone just tweeted you or texted you yeah. while you're on. Yeah, I just got this text from a fellow that I haven't seen in about uh, four or five years. You know, we we, we crossed paths, and then uh, our paths went separate ways, and uh, I, I did fear the worst. But uh, I just got a text from Paul, <laughs> and he says he was rocking out. Can't help but rocking out to Mr. Blue Sky. There you and go. that's exactly what I said, you know. Yeah. You, can't, you can't help it. So happy days, Cole. All right. Now we're moving from film to comedy. And Amara Ames, welcome to Radioactive on KRCL. Thank you for having me. So in while well, we were setting up the show tonight, Brian, this is, this is what really impressed me about Amara. She's like, I've just been doing this for about 18 months, and I... Just turned 21. Going for the gusto. You can now get into the clubs that you want to gig at, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bars and stuff like that. Yeah. So what is it about comedy that attracted you? Um, well, stand-up stand -up specifically, uh, I, I always liked um, comedy on TV and in film and stuff. And I, I always um, like made short films uh, and put them on the internet. And uh, I figured a more direct way of, of doing comedy would be just to say jokes at people um, so they were forced to laugh. <laughs> so who are your comedy heroes, the archetypes that inspire you? Um, I, I love a lot of comedy TV, a lot of like sketch uh, TV comedy. Um, but uh, Okay, stop right there. Sure. SNL or Mad TV? 
or <laughs> Funny or Die or what? What? What are we talking about? Pick well, your, your you, era. You haven't mentioned any British. Okay. <laughs> what would you go with there? Well, of course, Monty young Python. ones. I go yeah, the young, young ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I mean all of those things are are good. I would never pick uh well they have like good aspects. Um I would say I think I watched a lot of SNL growing up and that kind of uh was a big a big one for me out of those ones, but I I like a bunch of stuff from all those things. <laughs> okay, so you just turned 21? Yeah. Uh born in Vegas mm-hmm. from if I uh, remember correctly our little pre-show interview. <laughs> yeah. Moved here when you were 9, so yeah. I'm not sure how much you would have been aware of the difference in culture between Vegas or Arizona where you spent some time too. Yeah. In Utah. I go back to Vegas a lot. My dad lives there. Um and I I go visit quite a quite a bit. It is like it's weird Vegas is uh like you know pretty um similar to like Utah in a lot of ways so there are a lot of Mormon people there um stuff like that uh but but they are very different in a lot of like I don't know southwestern culture and and just the kind of city that Las Vegas is is a quite quite a steep contrast yeah it's interesting so one of the comedy shows i've been getting into lately is is it paul provenzano the green room where he gets comics together and they actually talk about serious issues of the day and of course they slam everything from <laughs> right left up down all of that um and one of the the issues they did recently i think just earlier this month was about race and what's going on in the culture right now and that's you know usually it's time plus tragedy equals comedy so that was kind of <laughs> kind of brave um, but you know, watching them kind of defy the the uh, the math of of comedy was interesting. So, do you have an algorithm for comedy? What's funny to you? I mean, if you got to explain it, maybe it ain't funny. <laughs> um, sometimes the I think that uh, I don't know when thing when people are explaining why things are funny, I often am like, yeah, it is a bit uh, weird. <laughs> it's it's hard to um, dissect humor. I like doing it, but it's kind of difficult to do it. Sometimes it's not always worth it. But, I mean, uh, in terms of that kind of thing, sometimes when things are too soon, they're very funny. Um, but I don't know. Like, you feel bad about it. Too soon? Okay. Too soon. Yeah. That's the, the refrain, right? Well, that's why, happens. that's why it will always be too, too That's why it will always be too soon to make a joke about a mass shooting because one probably just happened. Yeah, it's... <laughs> And in that sense, it's also completely okay <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to putting together your material, you've just been doing this for 18 months. So so tell us about the first time you got on stage and what some of your material was. Oh, man. Uh, it's weird. I don't... I, I feel like uh, a lot of people have a lot of regret when it comes to their first time doing like an open mic. I don't know if I do. Like recently, the the last the first time I did like really tried to do stand up comedy was uh, just at um, the school I go to. There's an open mic um, that I now like help run, but back then it was like my first uh, foray into actually doing stand up at all in any in any sense, uh, except for the time that I tried out for a talent show in seventh grade where I tried to improvise stand-up, and I was a 12-year-old, so it it went really well. So you bombed when you were 12, is what you're saying? Yeah, in front of the entire student government. <laughs> That's social suicide. Yeah, I did not care. <laughs> <laughs> and you've taken that with you now into stand-up, right? Right. So where can people find you? Uh, you got any gigs coming up or uh, um, material online? It's strange. I don't really have any like gigs on my calendar right now um, that I... I'm completely confident of the date. Um, there's just like stirrings, I guess. But I, 
I don't know, I exist on the internet. Uh, primarily, I wish to exist only in the grid, but until uh, we can, you know, be digitized as human beings. You want to um, upload is what you're saying? Yeah, I just want to upload my whole existence and never bother with the physical realm ever again. But I don't know. I'm what on- about the physical realm is... <laughs> It's pushing you there, Emra. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just sad. It's just like difficult sometimes. Uh, I was much happier when I was a, a small child and only existed on on the web and had no friends. Stayed inside. Uh, just you know the gears in your brain uh, connecting when you read like refresh a web page. It's pure happiness to me. It's a bit Pavlovian too. You're just hitting that refresh key over it's, and it's over. Existential. It's existential. It's very go. existential. <laughs> So when it comes to creativity and this outlet that you have in, in stand-up, and you said you've been dabbling in film, too, before you went to stand-up, what does that do for you? Is it just what you said, you can have this existence that doesn't rely on anyone else, perhaps? Um, kind of, yeah. Stand-up is comparatively to film, and, like, I, I, I did some music and stuff in high school with my friends, and, like, I it's essentially, like, um, when you make films and put them online and people aren't really watching them uh that you can see you're not receiving any feedback like i think that it's great i i I still do it and everything like it's not i've never abandoned that medium because it's obviously like the future but um you want something more visceral yeah i kind of wanted like immediate feedback i like i make music in my room and put it online now and no one cares and that's like fine (laughs) Uh, that was the expectation. But if you're like performing that music, if you're like getting out there with it, people care. So it's kind of the same in terms of like a written script, scripted comedy versus uh, like stand up comedy, which is also uh-huh. writing. So do you care whether you get laughs, which is love, or whether you bomb, which is hate? <laughs> I mean, it feels good to get laughs um, because it feels kind of. It's like it's a difficult thing. Stand up is hard to do on a lot of levels, but on some levels, I like can't believe that people like care about what I'm saying um, a lot of the time. Uh, so it's nice to get laughs, but I also do enjoy just completely bombing. Um, I feel like it's that's a, the most very amusing for you. It's very punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, there was a show I did at the U of U once. It was like the second show I ever did. And it was during a, an event called Casino Nights. And it was just a bunch of freshmen playing like fake gambling games in the student union. And somebody had the bright idea to like bring comedy into it. And they like asked our like club to do comedy and no one was listening. And I was like eating on stage and like it was very loose. And like no, when no one cares in the audience, I feel like that was my truest uh, uh, comfort. You know, I, I want to go back to that. <laughs> Amara Ames, thank you so much. We'll put links up to where you can find Amara at open mic nights around town and then perhaps some gigs coming up. Uh, but right now we're going to switch to some live music in studio with us on the Create Real Change Showcase. We have musician Ben Brinton. Ben, thanks for, for being here. We're going to put Amara's mic over so you can play a tune for us. Right. But you're a singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, guitar is your, your medium. So we can... Ooh, ow. That sounded painful. No, it was fine. It was just, just the case. <laughs> the guitar cried. <laughs> okay. So this first song you got for us is yeah. Goodbye. Uh, live music right here on Radioactive on KRCL1. You ready, Ben? Take it away. Goodbye. 
I had all the rice in China And I steeped it for years in gold hemp sacks Leaves and hot water used for welding spears That protect the largest emeralds and rubies Polished and cut into tears Well, I still would fall short of the coolness That a connection I have in here Placed in the deepest caverns Where even ice gets scared of blacks Or pitch perfect The dissonant harmonies appear And they paint with pinstrap precision Black holes, they disappear But it's not like you could see the cosmic magic anyway My dear, if you touched It's matting frostbitten fingers They met like molasses And oozing into the rivers of aging Undercurrents, they catch us And spit us into the ocean Causing gears of lonely emotion Just like bottles from countries With handwritten meanings that tragically They pass us by Goodbye, goodbye So glad we tried Goodbye, goodbye Goodbye, goodbye So glad we tried Goodbye, goodbye Ben Britton live here on KRCL, Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones in studio with Ryan Higgins. Of course you can clap. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having I me on the I want you to show. play another one here before, yeah. the, before the top of the hour, yeah. but uh, you've been singer-songwriter for about 20 years or yeah, so? 20 years. What is, what is it about writing a song or even performing a song that, that uh, does it for you? Why is this your thing? Oh, I suppose it's just like the cathartic kind of thing where if you... Where I feel like if I have a song that captures a certain emotion that I just need to maybe just project and get out of my system, I think uh, a lot of my songwriting stems from that, just uh, being cathartic with certain yeah. emotions and stuff. Yeah. How much are you swayed by the, the social movements of the day? I mean, with this presidential oh, election, people geez. seem to be swirling no matter oh whether gosh. they're into politics or not. Man, well, you know, because I, I, I believe there's a, there's, a, there's a purpose for a folk singer that has a very political position, a very powerful sort of... Uh, way of making a statement stuff so a lot of my songs have a, a, I guess is fueled with m maybe my opinion about the state of the country the state of humanity you know the state of my life you know uh, um, you got one like that oh yeah totally let's totally. hear it what's it called so this one's called long night Well, I played so many parts, I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Tried to be a hero so many times, got pinched for villainy by a people who don't know from simple, silly sympathy. So I found my way away from all this civility. And now all them people slamming each one a gavel in their hands will try to tell me what's the best. For a middle-class man, let's bleed him of his best And make a label and make a brand And then we'll tax him for a job well done Selling gavels at his stand Ooh, it's a long, long night Ooh, it's a long, long night Now you sweet box riding high on precious VIP. Oh, understand this 
went down back in 18th century Now the French, they like their coffee and revolutionary tea And I think they got a thought or two about democracy Oh, it's a long, long night Oh, it's a long, long night Well, I won't go preaching, thinking violence, it meets an end But bones will sooner break than values will ever bend And if you've seen all the statistics and analyzed the latest trends And 99% of us are just trying to make amends So it's a long, long night It's a long It's Ben Britton live on KRCL. Just put some video up with a little live stream on Facebook if you're looking for it. Thanks. Where can people find you out in the community oh, you know, or I online? A, I got a website, uh, yeah. benbrinton.com, B-E-N-B-R-I-N-T-O-N. Um, and, or they can come out and see me tomorrow night at the Day Riverside Library. Oh, great. You're doing they're, one of those they're shows. They're doing the, yeah, the rhythms, rhythms at Riverside. No ticket necessary, No, free, free show. Come around 7 o'clock. It'll be chill and acoustic and family-friendly and all that. We'll put the links up to the show. Awesome. Ben, thanks for being here. Also, David Scott and Amara Ames. There you go, Brian Higgins, our first Creativity Showcase with Create Real Change. Happy days. Yeah. All right. Where can people find out more about Create Real Change and um, keep up on the next showcase that you're doing in the community? Yeah. If you're mostly just on all around Facebook, most mostly social media, if you want to go to createrealchange.org and just, you know, real is spelt with two E's like film reels. Uh, so createrealchange.org or the Create Real Change Facebook page and uh we're just going to keep on trucking, you know, every month. You know, every Tuesday of every month, uh, there's going to be something happening. So, And that's also on that website where folks can say, hey, I'd like to be on your Yes, they can. Uh, you know, it's all about uh, creating community through creative communication. So if you've got something that, uh, you know, you want to express yourself, just give me a bell and we'll sort you out. And, of course, there are lots of programs through Create Real Change that you can get involved with, folks, to express yourself. Work some through some of those issues. And I look forward to having you back. August 9th, I think, is when you're coming back, Brian. Indeed. Thank you. All right.